0: Hit. Hi, everybody, and welcome to And Then An Aeroplane. Oh, it's been two months since we've done this. I don't know the number. It doesn't matter. Episode final
1: episode. until another movie comes out.
0: <laughs> um, How will we live when that movie finally comes out? <laughs> we will
1: We will record an episode and be like, yep, still doesn't have it. Lost it somewhere along the way. <laughs> threw it all in a pond with Ponyo and walked away. And that's it. That's just the world we live in. Hi, I'm Em. Um, You're Autumn. <laughs> Congratulations on uh, getting married, by the way. That happened in the last two months. I got
0: married yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was yesterday. <laughs> Only yesterday. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, we're punchy. So let's just fucking talk about this movie.
1: <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I guess this, this is the last one You know, we, we covered them all, you can listen to them The feed will be up forever, obviously we'll, we, I, I intend for us to come back when there's another Ghibli movie to cover Yes, um, yes So, look forward to that in two, three years Three years probably, let's say three years
0: It I had a thought, but it ties into the movie That we watched this time, which is um, Kingdoms of Dream King, The Kingdom of Dreams And Madness from 2013 I had a thought about, uh, you know, any forthcoming Ghibli movies, but, you know, we should talk about the movie, and this will come up in the conversation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay, so this is a movie that is, uh, you know, uh, directed by uh, Mami Sonata. It follows Studio Ghibli in, what, like 2012, 2013, during the production Mm -hmm. of uh, The Wind Rises and The Tale of Princess Kaguya, though... Let's be honest, mostly the wind rises because Takahata's in the other studio, which no one's allowed into, apparently.
0: (laughs) It's weird. I Takahata is on the poster for this movie. I thought this movie would be half about him. He's in one scene, and they don't even really like talk to him.
1: It's interesting because I—that's I, true. But I think he maybe looms the largest of
0: anyone in this movie. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He's like a ghost haunting this movie. Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, Miyazaki is in like half the scenes and is barely a character in his own mm-hmm. universe. Uh, it's weird because after watching all these, obviously, and we'll do our rankings and stuff at the end and we'll wrap this all up and go home happy. Um I have such a I have such a f- frustrating experience with Hayao Miyazaki, the man, because I think I think this movie gets the heart of like he believes in a type of cinema that I think is like. Admirably made. Like he sits there and he draws the storyboards. He times them out. He's literally like doing camera pans, like leaning back and forth in his chair with his stopwatch to make the movie that he sees in his mind, like as close as he can get it. Mm-hmm. And, but the movie that he's making is like a bad it's like a not a good movie and it has terrible politics and it it purports to be about things that it's not and instead like buys into some of his worst instances of like nationalist apologia right like wind rises mm-hmm. is an ideologically disgusting movie and not also just not a great movie on top of it yes
0: yes <laughs> um there's a there's an incredible moment where um I I think the character in this movie who jumps out to me the most is Toshio Suzuki, who we haven't like. I have a really strong sense of who Hayao Miyazaki and is- Isao Takahata are through watching their movies. We haven't gotten that because Suzuki is like the business guy, and so yes. this is like the the movie that kind of like shows me who he is. And there's a really incredible scene where like he reads through the storyboards and he basically says what every single critic and every single like person online and on letterbox has regurgitated that, like, oh wow, it's like war is bad, but also war is really cool. And it's just like he's just like telling Miyazaki what he wants to hear, but just like very earnestly.
1: <laughs> there's a bit, there's a bit that's uh everyone talks about the goro scene, which is most about girl being like, I, you know, I kind of fell into this. I'm not like you guys. I'm not a born in like died in the wool animator. I just my dad does it, I do it. It's weird, mm-hmm. but the the actual most important part is that Suzuki comes back with like, you think you think Miyazaki's like making movies on his own without me doing this. You think Takahata wanted to make a movie every day? He's like, why do I have to make this? I make the movies because I make sure the guys draw the pictures that make the movies.
0: <laughs> the Goro scene is maybe the best part of the movie to me, um, partially because in my mind, Gorō Miyazaki just be- has become the protagonist of this business. Um, <laughs> but um like suzuki so there's a really early scene about like suzuki at a meeting where like everybody's going over like well the museum has done these sorts of numbers and they're almost at you know where they were before the tsunami and um merch is doing these sorts of numbers and you know the market for merch is shifting from like a younger audience all, all this sort of stuff and you realize. That the reason that Ghibli is still making movies is because it it's lining their pockets, which I you know no disrespect to that I guess yeah no, um,
1: it's really because he's definitely like a business guy who's concerned with all these things. Miyazaki's mm-hmm. standing on the roof going like it, it's it's a company I named it after an airplane I don't care it's all going to go away someday
0: <laughs> it yes, doesn't matter yes. to me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's really funny every time you move from Suzuki being so concerned with all all the numbers and the business and just like like he's so concerned about this stuff and then miyazaki is kind of like alternating between oh it's all just going to crumble when i stop working because like i'm the only reason that any of this is still functioning and also like no, I'm really committed to, like, making real movies, and nobody makes real movies anymore. They're all, you know, all of humanity's dreams in the 21st century have crumbled to dust and become poisonous. (laughs) It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. (laughs) But
1: also, he's right about Ghibli, at least in 2013 and probably now, honestly. When he's gone, I don't know. I mean, like, I like Goro. Goro cannot hold a
0: studio on his back. No, no. So the, the... thing that makes the Goro scene in this movie so good to me is that like it comes a little bit it comes shortly after the scene where Hayao Miyazaki is like yeah after I stop working or die like I don't know what this is gonna be and Goro is like I care about like the employees and I will try to do my best to like keep my father's like business running but that's what this is to me is this is a Business and I didn't ever want to do this. Everybody just kind of pressured me into it.
1: (laughs) That's the thing about Gorō is like him and Suzuki both seem to be aware that companies are about people who have livelihoods. Mm -hmm. Yes, (laughs) and Miyazaki doesn't. Miyazaki is like a dad, but he is not aware of that stuff. To like he's like you know the employees seem like they like him when he's like this. Like there's other times where he's obviously been reported to be like not a great boss. Um, Mm -hmm. That is just difficult artist stuff and whatever, but. Um, and Takahata infamously is a terrible director, uh, in terms of like treating workers right. Um, uh-huh. uh, but you know, neither of them seem in- attached to the idea of like, they're keeping everyone here employed. Like they have families and houses that they go back to every night. Like neither of them are aware of that. Mm-hmm. Goro knows that Suzuki knows that.
0: Yes. Um, there's this, one of the really touching things early on is you're introduced to, uh, miyazaki's assistant um who is this woman who just like keeps his schedule keeps like kind of reports to suzuki about everything that miyazaki is doing that miyazaki just can't be bothered to tell anybody you know like like just keeps everything afloat and then at the very end of the movie like they've just wrapped either production or post-production and suzuki has to come tell miyazaki like she's been pregnant for three months and she didn't want to tell you because you were so focused on finishing the movie. And it's just like, he's a, he's a monster. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he relies on this person to, like, keep him fed in just, like, a literal, like, I don't think that he would, like, remember to, like, do anything other than make movies if he didn't have a person following him around 24-7. And he couldn't be bothered to care enough about her to ask, like, hey, like, what's going on with you? (laughs) You know? (laughs) It's... It's bizarre. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's weird because like I watch this movie and I'm like, I see how Miyazaki's this man. I I don't agree with a lot of his viewpoints. Um, I you know I have a very difficult relationship with his movies going through this and thinking about them as an adult. But also, like if if I was working for this man, I absolutely would be the people who were willing to like do whatever he asked and like sit there and like listen to him yes. talk about this bullshit. There is a charisma to it that is like really hard to ignore. And that yes. charisma, like, that charisma is partially, like, cultural pressure, cause he's Hayao Miyazaki. He's made fucking all the anime everyone talks about. Um, mm-hmm. but also he's someone who's been in the business for many years and he has things to say. And, like, I don't agree ideologically with him. I think his, like, labor ideas are bad and his filmmaking ideas clearly only work for him, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's something. Like, it, it's a knowledge that is interesting and he's, you know, he's not gonna be around forever. This movie is very much about, this guy is old, and he he, he keeps saying oh. he's going to stop, but no one believes him, but eventually he's going to have to stop.
0: Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just, it's weird. It feels like, I don't know, it feels like it's almost looking back at, like, a thing that is, that has already died, but, like, we're recording this podcast in 2021, and, like, Miyazaki is making another movie and is presumably just doing rinse and repeat on the exact same cycle he's been through for all of these movies that you kind of see laid bare in, in this movie like he's just gonna like start at the start and make a storyboard and production's gonna start before anybody knows what the ending is and he's just gonna like string these people along for years and years but like eventually a movie will come out and it'll be very successful <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's weird um, and then yeah, like everything. I had to go check while while I was watching the movie. I was like, "Did Takahata die before this documentary came out?" And the answer was no. He lived like five years after this documentary mm-hmm. came out. Yeah, yeah. It it's weird how not present in anything he is, in anything on screen that he is, but like miyazaki is constantly talking about like his friend turned rival slash business partner it's a very strange relationship they have in this movie and everybody's just talking about oh yeah takahata he's just you know the uh kind of crazy artist guy who's just gonna like spend eight years making this movie and it'll be a masterpiece at some point, but like it's going to be over budget and not on schedule. It's a, it's really weird how they portray Takahata in this movie where like, everybody's almost like scared of him in a weird way. I don't know. I can't describe it.
1: Yeah, it, there's definitely a sense that he's like the, like everyone talks about Miyazaki, like, you know, the Western fandom, especially, is like the old man who comes out and makes the proclamations. He's not. He's literally, he's putting around the office, like f- helping everyone mm-hmm. with their drawings and like talking to people about like lunch every day. Like, he's the most like, uh, like, den mother office guy, like boss. Mm-hmm. And he's in charge, obviously, but there's a lot, like, he's literally there every day and he's doing the stuff and he seems affable most of the time. Um, when he's not being way too harsh to his son, <laughs> people who disappoint yeah. him. But Takahata li- literally is like Moses on the Mount comes down to grace everyone with the presence. And they talk about like, he's the guy who found Miyazaki. Like he's, he's the real shit. Like mm-hmm. fuck Miyazaki. Miyazaki was like an office worker and Takahata found him and plucked him out of obscurity. <laughs> And now he's making uh-huh. he's making this movie about like a legend. Everybody knows it was financed by like a TV executive, and he doesn't want to make it. It's been development for way too long, and no one knows what's going on. It's like got this old Hollywood allure that Miyazaki
0: does not have. Yes, yes. Um, there's like, um, it's it was interesting to kind of contrast like Miyazaki's assistant, who he's like with all the time and like is kind of keeping his schedule and um takahata also has one of these people um and it's it's amazing because like suzuki talks about like yeah when we were making um grave of the fireflies and um totoro i would be like at i would be with takahata until one in the morning and then i would go back to my office uh to run you know the The TV network or whatever it was he did before Ghibli and then um, Miyazaki would call me when he got into the office in the morning um, and like I knew that if we needed to make if we if both of them were going to make movies at the same time I needed a producer who could just be around Takahata 24 seven to just like kind of supervise him. And, like, you get a lot of that producer in this movie, and I think he's, like, a really fascinating character. There's, like, a bit where he's, like, yeah, for three years, every single one of my dreams has been about, like, Takahata and just, like, yes. stuff that that guy says to me. <laughs> it's... It seems rough. Yeah. Um, there's a really... There's a press conference that's, like, incredible where um, Takahata's assistant producer... Is, uh, is just like yeah. Since we started making the movie, like I got married, and now my uh, oldest is gonna start elementary school soon. <laughs> like it's just, it seems like making. It seems like these are very difficult men, which like we knew, mm-hmm. but like seeing it, it's weird. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's strange because like it, it. I enjoy the look into ghibli like as as bias obviously as i know there's an nhk documentary that's a lot more like tumultuous about uh miyazaki it's the one famously where he leaves in the middle of the uh the showing of uh tales from mercy or whatever um mm-hmm. and just talks about it being terrible <laughs> um and uh but like we get, we get, there's this bit in like in the middle of the movie where they cut to, I assume it's the nineties. It didn't say when the footage was from, like where they, they, they are building the studio they're in in this movie, like the three floor mm. beautiful studio. And it's just everyone like way more gung ho. And I've never seen this version of Miyazaki like looking so young. And he's not even young in the nineties. And he's there. He's like, we're going to do it. We're going to make Ghibli movies the Ghibli way, and it's going to be great. And it, if you, if you don't, if you, if you're not in for it, you know, there's other places to go. You're Ghibli animators. You can go wherever you want. You can make something else. Don't be here if you don't want to be here. We're going to live the dream. And then cut to, and it's like them drinking and like he's singing in, in like the big park that they're all in, is celebrating this new mm-hmm. studio. Cut to him today, like just standing on the roof with this, like this tired general who's just been doing this too long, but also mm-hmm. will never do anything else. There's no way this is the but this is what he does he cares about he's like through the movie he talks about he cares about the making the movie he sees in his head and he cares about kids but in like an abstract like the idea of children he's like i don't care about any particular yes. child i care about children they're the future but like yes that doesn't mean anything <laughs> 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 it's just it's so strange because like That ethos clearly like there's a thing there's like a thing on the wall in like the office. It's like if you're if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't have ideas, if you're not contributing, then quit or whatever. It's like a bunch of rules of conduct that are like very much like hustle culture stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But they've probably been there for 20 years because, of course, they've been there for 20 years. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's
1: so it's so and this is all anime. That's the thing. It's like this is not just Ghibli it's endemic like every studio is like this. Ghibli's probably like I know that like it's one of those that has like the, the work like there's been workers who are, like we work too hard or whatever especially with Takahata's films. Um there's animators that literally like had health problems or like you know driven to early graves by the production of those films. But mm. I I've heard that about literally every studio that I've ever covered for anime. Yeah. It's a ba- it's a bad yeah. medium <laughs> that eats people.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we talked about Whisper of the Heart, and we talked about, like, Hosada was gonna make uh, Howl's Moving Castle, and then, like, just fucking quit because he hated these people, and, you know, the engine just keeps running. Like, you just sub in Hayao Miyazaki, you just sub in Goro, and, like, the movies get made. You know, the product comes out. Um, um, the, th- the other thing... um. Like the thing that I c- couldn't always tell watching the movie is that like I'm watching the movie and I'm having all these reactions that we're talking about. Meanwhile, the movie itself, like, like a solid like three quarters of this movie is just like shots of Hayao Miyazaki that are just slightly below his eye line, and he's in profile and he's looking out at like the middle distance, and like the 21st century is just you know poisoned everything and you can't i can't ever tell like i can't ever tell is the movie like critical of this is the movie just like yeah he is that guy (laughs) like i i think the movie just thinks that ayo miyazaki is a very cool person and like sure it's a hard life but like somebody's gotta live it i guess yeah yeah it's uh Um, it's weird
1: it's first oh go ahead you go, you go. Uh I just it's frustrating because like this is all this is all documentaries, right? You have to grapple with like the people making this are going to make a thing that is like there's no neutrality in documentaries. And that, that's part of the fun of enjoying a documentary seeing where the stance is. Um But the thing with Miyazaki and Ghibli generally is that they'll just they've always just been very upfront with what they are. It's just that people look at the thing and come to like the opposite conclusion than I do. <laughs> 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 it's like oh you look at the wind rises and go this is anti-war and I'm like every and everyone agreed
0: it's weird it's this movie is also weird because it's like you get to see like I, I watched the wind rises and like I have feelings about it but as you watch people make the wind rises and you see all the things that they feel about it you, like I almost had to question myself I'm like Am I wrong? And like, no, no, (laughs) the the wind rises. Like, I know what I saw. Like, I know what that movie's about. I know it's like just so shitty and conservative. And like, I know what I saw. It's also the moment that like really, really like made me question myself and my own like opinion of that film is like, as Miyazaki is writing this letter about his father and like reframes the movie reframes the wind rises to be about his dad and not about him but then I think about the movie for a second like no he's just making a movie about how hard it is to be this guy and then I'm watching a documentary about like (laughs) it's weird it's a it's very like the snake is eating its own tail as you watch like Miyazaki like myth make about himself hmm yeah
1: um I want to talk about Anno. He, we we get Anno. Oh my god. <laughs> I, this, uh, we covered, me and Jackson have this podcast called Your Uncle's Beach House, where we watch shows. Uh, you can find it at Uh I don't remember the URL. We don't have a distinct URL for it. Um, and we watched a show called Blue Blazes, which is about a mangaka in the 80s who worked who goes to university with Anno and a bunch of other people who form Gainax. And that is a, a show about Anno in a way that this movie is also about Anno. Anno is an interesting character because he comes in, they get in because they need someone who sounds old-fashioned and they don't want an actor. They want someone who has like a naturalistic, mm-hmm. someone who just sounds stuck up and weird. And they're like, oh, Anno, the obviously.
0: Scene, <laughs> the scene where they land on Anno is somebody's like, we need a non-actor. Like, what if we got Anno? And Miyazaki's like, no, that would never work.
1: Unless it worked. <laughs> And so Ana comes in and I have a, a tumultuous relationship with the works of Hideaki Yano. But as a person, I think that he's like a delightful nemesis to everything I believe in. I, I just find him <laughs> incredibly charming. He seems to be genuine about everything he does. And he comes in and he's just like, he's like, oh, they asked me to do this. And Miyazaki asked me personally. And like, that's a, that's a real honor. I'm going to come in and I'm going to talk about this stuff. Um and then Miyazaki just bullies him because Miyazaki thinks this nerd who likes him too much is funny to bully because that's who Miyazaki <laughs> is. <laughs> Which is like, Tomono does this too. And like, whenever they talk about Gundam, he just bullies Ano relentlessly. Like, Ano's a super nerd. Um, his wife has a manga bullying him about being way too into Ultraman. Like, that's just who this guy is. Um, but he just does the job and he's like very unsure about it. And then him and Miyazaki play with model planes. And then the next scene is, Uh, Miyazaki in the same seat going like I hate Otaku, Otaku don't know shit (laughs)
2: It's so funny (laughs) It's
0: so funny (laughs) The other thing that's really funny I don't know if it's funny but the the, the thing that really struck me about Ano's character in this movie is that um, like Suzuki calls him and is like, okay, this is gonna sound crazy, but Miyazaki wants you to star in his next movie. And so he comes over the next day, does the audition, does like, does like four really bad line readings, and Miyazaki is like laughing <laughs> and is like, this yes. is perfect, this is great. <laughs> um and Miyazaki like offers him the role, and you can tell for just a brief moment that like Anno is still in some part of his heart, the like 20 year old who is like employed by Miyazaki and is not going to say no to him. Like, like this could make or break my career as if he, as if that's true at all, you know, like Miyazaki like still has some sort of like power in Ano's heart, both because he's Miyazaki and because he's his old boss. It's weird, it's funny, it's <laughs> seems like a really bad relationship seems like Miyazaki could just be like, "Can you go buy my groceries for me?" and Ano would do it, yeah
1: absolutely it's it's uh it's weird he ends up feeling like the the one like big name here that like gets like he he just comes across as like a normal person in the middle of this weird pressure cooker situation um he made Mm -hmm. Ava but he's not like weird about it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah like uh, Miyazaki is always like oh well I made fucking Spirited Away and like you can't tell me shit (laughs) and like um Anno is just like yeah I just make the anime I don't know (laughs) Oh, uh, um, yeah. There's a scene of Suzuki and, and Miyazaki's assistant and Ano kind of like just bullshitting after hours. And um, Ano is like, yeah, he's just always been like this. And is kind of just like not looking at the camera and not really looking at anybody in the room like, oh, I remember some shit from the 80s. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: There's not, like, a narrative to this movie. It's just...
1: just No, it also goes on way too fucking long. I had to watch this over three days.
0: (laughs) It goes on so long, and then at some point, at, like, the hour 30 mark, they just, like, he finished the storyboard, and then just, like, montages, they just decided to make the movie. You know, like, for the first 90 minutes, it's just, like... Toil and oh my gosh, it's so hard to make a movie. And then at some point it's like, well, we need to wrap this shit up, so we're just gonna montage through the last 12 months of production or something, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's um it's weird. And so much of it is just spent with him on the roof, like just looking looking at poking at a cat. Like, I enjoy that stuff, but I'm like, what are we doing here? What is the <laughs> It's weird because it's not marketing material. I feel like it's a little too involved to be marketing material, but it it does kind of feel like a fluff piece, but like only one Mm -hmm. that is for like the fans, right? Like anyone who's watching this already knows that who they are and what they're doing. They just want to see the the studio.
0: There's so much B-roll of the cat and the flowers. And it's like, I know you're trying to evoke like the parts of a real Ghibli movie where like, it's just like lingering shots of like, um you know the natural world or whatever but like we we could hurry this shit up <laughs> you could make this movie in like an hour 35 you really could um yeah yeah that's basically all i've got about this movie
1: that's it yeah you know it didn't tell us what we didn't already know
0: yep the, the only i learning about suzuki is just like a character in this like trio is fun but like M- miyazaki is just like the caricature of, the, of him that i've built in my head over months of doing this podcast yeah no that's yeah. fair absolutely
1: oh we have some emails we want to do some emails before we do our lists yeah <laughs> Alright, uh, I'd say if you want to send emails, but fuck it, we're done. We're not doing another one of these. Um, no. So, I don't
0: want to hear what you think about Kiki. I don't care.
1: Um, we have an email from D. Uh, if you could force Miyazaki and Takahata to do a podcast like yours, but about a franchise, what would it be for? Uh Gundam? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what would be the most obnoxious thing to make Miyazaki watch?
0: Would it would it just be, like, make Miyazaki watch seasonal anime? Like, it, just, like, make Miyazaki watch Demon Slayer, because that was the most popular God. thing. God! Oh my make, God! Make him watch Mob Psycho. Just, like, you know, whatever's new. <laughs> Incredible.
1: I like this idea. I think this idea is like hell, but I like this idea.
0: Also, I've I'm, I'm really taken with the idea that like at some point like he's just doing it by himself. Yes. <laughs> Miyazaki into a microphone, nobody else is there, <laughs> and he's just talking about One Punch Man and My Hero Academia. <laughs>
1: yep. Um both Simon and Crystal wrote in with articles about uh Takahata being a fucking miserable boss who Got people killed basically through overwork. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, I'll link those in the description if you want to read either of those. Um, yeah. Seems bad. Seems bad. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, just seems bad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I believe all the stories. Every every director's like this. Um. Mm-hmm. You either hear the stories, you assume they're like this. If you don't hear the stories, and if you hear people say, "No, we didn't actually overwork," then you can believe it. That's it. The default has to be that these people are getting overworked. That's just what the industry is.
0: I was, um, I was adding to the list of like movies we might talk about on ornate stairwells, Mm -hmm. and I was like looking at Herzog movies, and I scrolled past like, you know, the documentary about like the making of Fitzcarraldo and about how it's so fucking good. <laughs> like Herzog just like destroyed like like people's lives just like actually just like you know was was colonizing basically yes, yes. <laughs> yep um and that's a good I fucking looked movie at that and I was like oh that's really fucked and then I added like three Herzog movies to I, the
1: list I love Herzog he's also a weird monster yes absolutely <laughs> um <laughs> huge fan of his work <laughs> That's just what it is. That's what it is sometimes. Um, uh-huh. Uh, 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 let's see. Um Tron writes in, have we covered... <laughs> did, did you get a, any new opinion about The Wind Rises from watching this? No. <laughs> I think... I think I'm surprised, like, there's, like, a different ending that he originally depicted where, like, his wife's calling him into the, like, be, the great beyond. The idea being that Jiro got to go to an afterlife that, like, Capelli didn't, where he lives in, like, a like a purgatory with all the dead soldiers, that is outrageous! It's way crazier <laughs> than the actual movie that was made! Ah, <laughs> oh, the love of a sick wife got him into heaven, but none of these other guys, fuck them, they're dead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um
1: and then Tron has another question. I'm actually gonna say this is our last question. I'm gonna go uh and read Hunter. Hunter sent a list. Um thanks, mm-hmm. Hunter. We're, I said we'd read some of these. I'm gonna read top three and bottom two. Bottom one, Earth Sea, bottom, uh, the penultimate bottom ocean waves, and then the top three is uh Kaguya, Ponyo, Ponio, and Palm Poco. Uh, we'll see how that okay. compares to our list soon. Uh, And then Tron's final question, which I think is, like, interesting thing to discuss. Have both of you found it worthwhile to watch a series of movies from a specific production company in release order?
0: Uh, uh, (laughs) So I'm really glad that Tron asked this, because, like, if if he had not, like, I would have just posed this to you. Like, let's just do a post-mortem on this podcast for a second. This was a bad idea, maybe. (laughs) This was, I mean, I was, I was,
1: um uh i was like how do i want to put this i i kind of suspected this was how it was gonna go but i wanted to do a podcast Mm -hmm. with you i thought it would be fun to revisit these and like because i'm never gonna watch 24 movies um many Mm -hmm. of which i've seen multiple times before unless i had a good reason to but i felt like it was worth doing because i anime is kind of my job um the hell that that is um Mm -hmm. and um it's been weird because, like, the one- the ones that I had watched for the first time, and like, a lot of them have been, like, movies I really love, and there's been a lot of good here. And when I was making my list of, like, movies I was rating, I was like, you know what, even the ones I, like, I you know, Kiki's I have a lot of problems with. Our Kiki's episode is maybe us being, like, the most, like, down on a movie that we both like and like thinking about mm-hmm. and would watch again and have a pretty good time as long as you don't think about it too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just weird. There, God, there's a bit of this movie where someone asks Miyazaki why Gigi doesn't talk at the end of the movie. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't bring this up. Uh, and his fucking answer has nothing to do with any thematic material, because we talked a bit about like l- like leaving things behind or whatever, and uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm, what it means mm-hmm. to grow up and like womanhood and his answer is there was nothing to say. Would you yeah. want him to say, "Oh, look what happens when it's out when, when I'm not there"? No, you'd like you wouldn't like that. So I'd never have him say anything.
0: <laughs> Outrageous! <laughs> it's it's so funny because it means that it's, and I guess I guess I know this from watching him make the wind rises, but like, like he didn't. Kiki's ends pretty well. I feel like, Be, and it ends in such a way that it feels like this is the only way it could have ended. And when I say that, what I mean is it like thematically, logically follows from everything that is before it. A- and I think Miyazaki is also feels that it's the only way he could have ended it. But I assume it's because he spent three days trying to think of a line to give Gigi at the end, and it was like, can't think of anything good, I guess I just won't talk. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Baffling. Uh, but anyway, anyway. I can't. I cannot imagine making a movie without knowing what the ending was. That seems bizarre to me.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, his perception of movie making is like everyone who writes their first book, right? But he just kept doing it. You just start from the beginning, mm-hmm. you write to the end, and that's it. You made the thing. There you go. Ship it out. Uh, and that's just mm-hmm. what he's been doing for decades, and it's worked really well for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, the question was about doing this project and I knew this project would probably go this way. And I was willing to take that journey because I thought it would be fun to talk about these movies. But the actual thing that I, I, I knew, but didn't understand how pervasive it'd be. And maybe it's partially because of COVID. Like that hasn't hurt, helped anything. Like it's been a bad year mm-hmm. and a half is the part where we just wouldn't want to watch another movie again. <laughs> We'd still yes. be like, well, okay, two weeks, t- two weeks from now, we do another one of these. No, 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 no. Oh. No. But then three I mean, weeks, was... you say three weeks, and then three weeks easily turns into a month because something comes up, and that could turn into six weeks. Like, we're two months, we're almost two months away from our last recording. We meant to do this, like, you know, a month and a half ago.
0: We meant to wrap this in 2020. Yeah. It's June of 2021. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just, like, it's a combination of things, because it's, like, yeah, at some point, like... We're doing this podcast because like we need to finish this, and I like spending time with you mm-hmm. I, like after spirited away like there have been there have been movies I've liked after spirited away, but like it's just been kind of dire, like getting our energy levels I, even like. <sighs> after Whisper of the Heart, I feel like our energy levels for just, like, showing up every couple weeks and watching a a Ghibli movie and talking about it has really struggled, and, like, once you got into the 2000s, we were just really struggling to, like, find any enthusiasm in ourselves to, like, do, to watch the movie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, like, I really like recording, I really like putting these out, I really like the audience interaction we get out of it, but, like, the actual part where you have to watch, a, you know, a lot of really samey fucking movies. <laughs> the,
1: the thing is, I like doing this sort of work. Like, back when I was writing mm-hmm. about movies primarily, I liked going through a director's filmography and, go, like, watching every movie in order and, like, talking about those things as, like, comparative criticism. I think that stuff's interesting. I'm a big believer in auteur theory as, like, an interesting lens to look at people's work. Um, But when I did that, I would do it over the course of, like, six weeks for an entire director. I wouldn't do it over two years
2: <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm. um and i wouldn't i wasn't recording podcasts about it every couple weeks right like it's it's the it's the fact that all these movies are samey. we can't just sit down and like pound them out there's too many and we're busy people we have other podcasts this was never either of our like even third most important podcast um no. and it just it just was hard like it was an impossible task that we made harder by our choices
0: <laughs> yeah and it was just like like, yeah, like, it's weird because it, it, I think if I was going to, you know, time travel back to before the first episode and, like, talk to us and, like, say, I think the advice I would give is, like, you should do this weekly and you should not miss a fucking week. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be the advice I would give. I also, like, I have memories of, like, sitting at work. Being I, like, I, I, I could I could have done this. Eight hours. Getting- I could not have done this weekly. I would have died. <laughs> no. Like, I remember, like. I, like, I I just had a customer yell at me for 20 minutes, and now I have to go home and watch a Ghibli movie? Fuck you. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: movies are, like, part, partially it's because the movies are all, you know, especially the Miyazaki movies. Like, Takahata movies have mostly been, like, a delight. I hadn't seen most of them. But the, the mm-hmm. Miyazaki movies are, like, long. They're kind of meandering. Nothing much happens in them. They're, like, about peaceful, idyllic nature stuff. And, like... I've been inside for a year and a half. It fucking sucks. I don't want to watch a, like of, you know,
0: some plants and a
1: child frolic through them. I don't give a shit.
0: Mhm. Mhm. And, and the other thing, like the other way that you could we could have avoided this is like been, you know, skipped some shit. Like just been like, uh Tales from Earthsea doesn't look very good, let's skip it. Then we would have skipped some good stuff. You know, like, yeah. if we skipped shit, we would have skipped From Up on Poppy Hill, which is a movie I liked and had, like, a really good time with. I will you know? I will um, always
1: wonder why he killed his father, and I will never get those answers. <laughs> <laughs> it might be one of the oh. most empty-nothing movies I've ever seen, but I always will wonder why he killed his father. And, you know, that's better than a lot of movies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if
0: if we were skipping movies we would have skipped mononoke which is a movie we both knew we hated and didn't need to podcast about
1: (laughs) we really didn't if that's true but they've been like oh why did you cover mononoke it's like what's there to say it's mononoke you've seen it you have your opinion we have ours it sucks
0: yeah you we've seen it we hate it and everybody else in the fucking universe likes it so nobody wants to to hear us hate on it (laughs) you
1: know yeah with that said Talking about hating on movies, we should probably get our lists out of the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Would you like to um, go first, or should I? Uh, you let's. Do you want to just go through them, or do you want to alternate? I want to go. through I can them. go either way. Okay, you go through yours because I'm trying to find. Yeah, one. I think I, I think I, al- I think
1: alternating takes it confuses people and takes too long. Anyway, my list. I'm going to start at number one and go down because otherwise, uh, it's boring. Uh, number one, only yesterday. Number two, mm-hmm. Ponyo. Number three, Palm Poco. Number four, Nausicaa. Number five, Whisper the Heart. Number six, Spirited Away. Number seven, My Neighbor the Neighbors the Yamadas. Uh, Number eight, Arietti. Number nine, From Up on Poppy Hill. Number ten, Porco Rosso. Number eleven, Grave of the Fireflies. Number twelve, Castle of Cagliostro. Number thirteen, The Cat Returns. Number 14, Erik and the Witch. Number 15, Kiki's Delivery Service. Number 16, Ocean Waves. Number 17, When Marnie Was There. Number 18, My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, number 19, The Tale of Princess Kaguya. Number 20, Laputa. Uh, 21, Princess Monoke. 22, Howl's Moving Castle. 23, The Wind Rises. And 24, Tales from Earthsea. That's everything. Uh I think right around... Um, like, right under My Neighbor Totoro is, like, where the movies that I think are good stop. I think after that, it's, like, movies I don't really like that much. I, the thing is about Ghibli is, like, I have a lot of problems with a lot of these movies, like, ideologically. But, like, they're mostly so good movies. They're just good in the same way that's, like, very bland in in aggregate. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Um, for me, like, I like, I'll read my list in just a second. But I'll just say before I read it, like, the top four four or five are like unassailable classics to me. And like the bottom four are movies I hate. And then everything in between is like stuff that I enjoy to varying degrees. You yeah. Know? Yep. Um. So for me, number one, only yesterday. Number two, Pompoko. Number three, Nausicaa. Number four, whisper of the heart. Number five, grave of the fireflies. Number six, my neighbor Totoro. Number seven, Porco Rosso. Number eight, Kiki's. Number nine, Castle of Cagliostro. Number ten, The Cat Returns. Number eleven, Spirited Away. Uh, Number twelve, From Up on Poppy Hill. Number thirteen, Ponyo. Number fourteen, Laputa. Number fifteen, My Neighbor's the Yamadas. Number sixteen, Yeah, Arietti. Seventeen, Ocean Waves. Uh, You skipped one unless
1: you moved it from the list that you put in.
0: Oh no what did i oh i skipped so my neighbors the yamadas and then the tale of princess kaguya yes and then Ariadne. yes <laughs> then ocean waves yeah when marnie was there yeah. earwig and the witch um the wind rises tales from Earthsea, sea mononoke howl's moving castle i really fucking hate howl's moving castle <laughs> all right there you go that's the list
1: not much to say about um, it. You can
0: list all the episodes, obviously. Only
1: yesterday, really fucking punching uh, everyone out.
0: <laughs> it's it might be just like my favorite movie that I've seen. Like I think about it most days. I really love Only Yesterday. Um, uh, I just
1: have a, a deep love for Ponyo. I always have ever since I first saw it, and um, I didn't. I didn't expect it to be my favorite, uh, like you know Hayao Miyazaki film, but because I thought it was Spirited Away. But rewatching, I'm like, no, Ponyo. Ponyo gets it. Ponyo. It's good. It's not about anything. You can just make a movie.
0: (laughs) The other one that surprised me was Ocean Waves, because I remember being really (laughs) nasty on that episode, just like I was ready to fight, and in time, it's just been like oh yeah it's that movie I didn't like very much but it's very pretty
1: <laughs> we're also we're like I think it's like two level two p- places higher on mine but I've always been like it's pretty good you know it's fine whatever I, I enjoyed it <laughs> equals about the same that's the fun part of um g- doing stuff like this is like the difference between like your 17th entry and then your 19th entry is like a fight that ne- both of you are willing to have but it doesn't
0: matter it doesn't matter nobody cares <laughs> Um the the movie that I thought was hardest to place on this list was Earwig, because like every other movie on here I have like um like oh I remember the Porco Rosso episode and I'm watching that and like you you have a relationship with the movie um, that develops over time. Earwig and the Witch, like, we just watched it, and then it was over. And kind of all those, like, everything after The Wind Rises was kind of hard to place to me because, like, the memories just aren't there that was Marnie you know? for me
1: Marnie was I think the hardest one for me to place it's like where do I want to put this also Pompoko in a different way where I think Pompoko is like an incredible movie I think anyone who puts it number one is like doing the Lord's work but also it's a miserable time I never want to sit through again it's so hard to watch for me <laughs> I like a lot of it I think it's a brilliant film but also it hurts and I don't want to witness it, that
0: <laughs> yeah this is like the same narrative this is like the same thing that everybody says about Grave of the Fireflies and somehow Pompoko was that but even more yes yeah. Um But yeah, only yesterday, absolute, just like King of the World. Fucking love that movie so much. Um
1: I guess that's that's everything. Um the- Do you want to do plugs?
0: Um Yeah. Uh <laughs> I was thinking about something, but we'll figure it out. Um So you can find uh, me on twitter at autumnal underscore coffee and you can find all of my other podcasts at export um i just launched a new movie podcast uh that you can find on there um called ornate stairwells where my friend nia and i just like hang out and watch movies um If you... I've been listening to Repertory Screenings, and it's basically the same podcast. Yeah. No, it is. It is. It's good. I I think it's a good
1: format for a podcast. You just watch a movie and talk about how much you liked it for half an hour to an hour.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um...
1: Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. You can find most of my podcasts at uh, abnormalmapping.com. There's a bunch of them. Um, you can listen to Reptory Screenings, obviously, uh, at reptoriescreenings.com. You can listen to your uncle's beach house. I do a game club called Abnormal Mapping at the thebestgame.club. I talk about Gundam, but everybody knows about Gundam. Listen to one of the other podcasts that no one talks about. They're better. And that's it. I was thinking that we should start a new podcast. We should start another podcast. In fact, I think we start another podcast next week. Um, yeah. I hate to spring this on you. I've got, I've got like a, I've got art, I've got a title, I've got like a format. <laughs> you already know what it is, but you know the listeners don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do another podcast that I think will be a lot more fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, so next week, uh, it's going to be on Explore Audio. We don't have a URL yet, because we haven't gotten that far. Um, but the show is going to be called Gotham City Limits, and we are going to be watching every week one episode of Batman the Animated Series until we're done. When that is, is anyone's yeah. guess, are we going to watch Justice League? I don't know. We haven't decided yet. Are we going to like yeah. get bored and read a Batman comic every six weeks? I don't know. We haven't decided yet. Anything's possible. But we're going to talk about some Batman, because, uh, you know, Batman, it's fucking cool.
0: I was, t- I was telling... Somebody about the podcast uh right before we hit record and I was like, I think we're just watching the show, but we might read some com I don't I don't know. But yeah, Batman.
1: Yeah, we're gonna talk about Batman and whatever that form that takes if it's Mm -hmm. just the show then it's just the show um you know we're gonna like i said one episode a week it's gonna the podcast gonna be short hopefully because we're busy um but Mm -hmm. we're gonna have a good time and we're gonna uh, it's gonna be fun because batman's a great show and also 20 minutes of watching
0: or something is just the right amount (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) it's a much lighter load um it is gonna be like much more often i also think like if you enjoy the parts of the episodes where it's like, minute 35 and, like, we bring up something that has nothing to do with Studio Ghibli, there's I gonna think be a there's going to be a little more of that. <laughs> there's going to be a lot more of that, I think, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have um, a lot of, like, nostalgia yeah. and weird, like, associations
0: with Batman because I've just seen that show throughout my entire life. Uh, <laughs> um. Probably the plan for that is that it's going to go on the Export Audio Patreon, and then it's going to go um, for like a week, and then it'll probably be on like some sort of public feed that I haven't made yet Yeah. Um, the following week. And so uh, kind of the similar format I'm doing for ornate stairwells and hot singles. Like people know if you listen to my other podcasts, if you don't listen to my other podcasts, come on, just give yeah, us a dollar. Sure.
1: Yeah, give a dollar. It's, it's great. Uh, you get a lot of podcasts for that dollar.
0: You get a lot of podcasts. Um, Maybe you get too many podcasts. Maybe we need to put more behind like a paywall of some kind, but I don't know how to like start that now, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) Let me tell you about premium podcasts. You just get in your head and suddenly you have three of them and they're all different tiers and they have different release schedules. You're like, how did did I do this? I didn't even like premium podcasts. I don't like the idea of them. I wish I could just not have to work for money, but alas, I need to make rent. Um, Yep. Anyway, next week, uh, we'll be back, and we'll be covering On Leather Wings, the first episode of Batman The Man series, and look forward to that. I need to find music. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll figure it out.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, you just reminded me of, if people are curious, we're going to be watching uh, the show in the right order, not in the order they're on the DVDs. So we'll be starting with On Leather Wings. Um, I,
1: my, I my DVD said I thought started with On Leather Wings. I, do I just not
0: remember? I don't know. Um, it, there's like a alternate viewing order that's like really weird and also like pervasive. That's so like, I, I don't know, like some DVDs or some network like put okay. it out. There's like two different orders. Like the Catwoman episode is like a two-parter that is like oh, separated by Wikipedia eight weeks? has it listed it's like weird. that.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I don't. I didn't understand that at all. We're watching On Leather Wings. It's the first episode. I know it's, it's the, the first episode. I know the show considers it the first episode because later, way later, in the end of season three of Justice League, uh, Justice League Unlimited does a callback to the opening of On Leather Wings to like bookend it because they didn't think they were going to get a season four. So it's considered the first episode by them, and that's good enough for me.
0: Yes, exactly. So, um. But yeah, uh, I was going to say, until next time, something, No, something, there's something. no next time. Get fucked. There's no next time. Unless no unless he time. actually
1: puts out that movie, and then we'll sit here and do this, and we'll be like, did we learn anything? No, it's same shit, different day. <laughs> until then, Batman it's gonna,
0: It's going to just be The Wind Rises Part 2. It's going to be the same movie.
1: <laughs> oh, let's hope not. Bye.
2: <sighs>